as I'm recording this, we're about 30 minutes away from the new year in the central time zone. And, uh, oh, yeah, TCU's going to play Georgia for a national title in about a week. We'll talk about all that next on Locked on Horn Frogs. You are Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Horn Frogs. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, and we'll try to put out a lot of content over the next few days and the next week. And we'll do that because TCU is going to play a national championship game in uh, football. TCU football will be playing for the national title against the Georgia Bulldogs on Monday, January 9th. That is still a crazy, crazy thing to say, but it's true. The Frogs pulled off the upset over Michigan 51-45, to and, uh, you know, it's wild. I, I think I've been pretty fortunate in my time following the Frogs and being a fan in that I started following the team back in 2009, so sort of as the Rose Bowl season was was starting up. Um, and then I was a student and I was a senior in 2014. And so I got to see that 2014 team that uh, only lost one game and went on to just blitz Ole Miss in the Peach Bowl and got snubbed from the college football playoff. And then obviously in 2015, they had another great year. And things sort of tailed off after that. And in my mind, I sort of thought, man, maybe they just kind of missed their window. Like maybe that was the window they had in that in that kind of magical time in 2014, 2015 when Gary was still, you know, coaching the defense at a high, high level. The offense had figured something out with Sonny Cumbie and Doug Meacham and running an up-tempo air raid style. They had all these playmakers. They were they were winning. They were winning games by significant margins. Um, and maybe that was the chance they had, and this would be a good program, but could they ever get back to that? And then, of course, had the, the tail end of the Patterson era where they really struggled. And I'm just amazed. I mean, Sonny Dykes last season was – you know, had just taken this job this time last year, had finished up a solid season at SMU that sort of went into a tailspin towards the end of the season when the rumors about him going to TCU started. Garrett Riley came over from SMU. Joe Gillespie was the defense coordinator at Tulsa last year. And they just, on a neutral field, uh, with a, a, a group of players that, yeah, there were some high-impact transfers, but a lot of the, the, you know, the same guys that went five and seven a year before and lost some games where they weren't super competitive, they're headed to the national championship. Um, and that's an amazing thing, an amazing accomplishment. And they got it done against a really, really good Michigan team on Saturday afternoon. Uh, it's just wild to think about the turnaround that's happened in just one season. And I know, like, and you can share in the YouTube comments or if you want to tweet at me, at Simcox Steven, because where you can find me, the show is at Lockdown TCU. I know this has to mean so much for people that are listening or watching that, you know, followed this team for a long time and uh, sat through some of the lean years in the seventies and eighties and uh, saw the, the Southwest conference fall apart and TCU being one of those schools that was on the outside looking in and watched them, you know, play in the whack and play in the mountain West and, and slowly build something that, uh, that was garnering respect and then getting in the big 12 and then finally breaking through in such a massive way this season. I can only imagine how gratifying it feels for a lot of you out there listening and watching. I'd love to hear 
your thoughts on that and just, I mean, how you're trying to process all this because it's still very surreal to me. But TCU is going to play Georgia in the national title game, and let's discuss how they got there against Michigan. Um, you know, it, it's crazy. Like the second half of this football game was its own movie. I mean, it was it was like its own entity. And so it's it's sort of wild. I just got done rewatching the game or, or sort of kind of, you know, speeding through it as I was rewatching it. It's it's kind of crazy to think about the first half and the impact it had. Even though TCU had a great first half and they they took a twenty one to six lead into halftime, but I want to focus on two plays because I, I you know you never know you can never replay the game and kind of mix and match and say well if you just change this one result how differently does the game go? But I do think especially in football, it is crazy how one play or one series can really flip a game and. The sequence that the TCU defense had on the first drive of the game, Donovan Edwards, first play, breaks off a 54-yard run, and it kind of looks like, oh, man, these are all the concerns, you know, we had going into this football game. Could this TCU defense hold up against the rushing game? Um, they immediately give them an explosive play. But they they bounce back, they regroup, and, um, you know, they slow Michigan down. They force them into a fourth-and-goal situation at the two. And shout out to the Michigan coaching staff, which called the you know the Philly special you got a trick play where they're trying to get the ball to JJ McCarthy on a little pass route that did not work. TCU stayed disciplined. They stayed home. They got the tackle. They got the ball back. They did not capitalize on that. But then on the next possession, Bud Clark gets a pick six, and suddenly it's seven nothing TCU. And I think especially in the first half, that just did a, a lot for TCU's confidence. And, and how they, you know, sort of built on that and, and played in this game. And even though they gave up, you know, a lot of points in the second half and a lot of explosive plays, I felt like the TCU defense held up really well against Michigan. You know, Donovan Edwards' final stat line looks good. He had 23 carries for 119 yards and averaged 5.2 yards per carry. But 54 of those yards were on the first carry of the game. Um, so you, you take that out of the equation and on – 22 carries, they held him to um, around 65 yards. Like, that's that's a really, really good job against a great running back in Donovan Edwards. And as a team, Michigan ran for 186 yards. TCU rushed for 263 yards. Um, they were the they were the bullies up front with that O-line. They found a way to run against Michigan. And Matt Jennings and I talked about this, and it, it got out on Twitter apparently. We got clowned for it. But um, the larger point we were trying to make, Michigan, they they can use and they have, you know, shown at times a lot of diversity in their run game. But I think their strength is running at the interior, you know, just churning out yards um, and running straight ahead at people. And honestly, like TCU does a good job against that. Like they've done a good job against that all year. The teams that have beaten them in the run game, it's been using a lot of misdirection. It's been attacking the edge. Um, and, you know, it's it's been – teams like Baylor and K-State that have used some of that misdirection and a lot of that running, uh, you know, around the end and running sideline to sideline to use the TCU's defensive speed against them. And Michigan did not do as much of that today, and TCU held up well. And I think the 3-3-5 scheme that TCU runs, it confuses O-line at times. It did not allow them to sort of settle in and find who they're supposed to block and understand their responsibilities as well. And uh, it paid off in a big way for TCU's defense. D. Winters had the game of his life. He had a pick six. He had a couple, you know, tackles for loss. He was behind the line of scrimmage all game. Um, and D. is is a special talent. He hasn't always been super consistent this year, 
But this linebacking crew has been solid. And, you know, him and Johnny Hodges have kind of been the leaders of that group. And he played outstanding football today. Dylan Horton, my goodness. I mean, he's turned into an absolute monster. And even when TCU was rushing three, he was able to get home and make some big-time plays and be disruptive. Um, he was fantastic today. You know, I thought the secondary, they gave up some big plays to Ronnie Bell. They, there were some missed assignments at times. But TCU was able – to, you know, drop guys back in coverage. This is what really surprised me about the game. When TCU dropped eight or nine players in coverage, Michigan didn't honestly have an answer. Now, Michigan fans were correct. J.J. McCarthy, I thought he spun the ball pretty well today. He did have those pick sixes. You know, overall, um, he was 20 of 34 for 343 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. He made some big-time throws in this football game. But ultimately, when, when TCU toned down the aggressiveness a little bit, and just sat back and played coverage. Um, you know, their corners, their safeties, their linebackers, they won that that battle more often than not. And, I mean, just a huge, huge series. Uh, Michigan gets the ball back down 51-45, a chance to go score at the 25 with 59 seconds left. Not the best situation for an offense, but certainly one that's obtainable, especially in today's college football. And the way Michigan threw the ball, they had a good shot to do it. And the TCU defense stands strong. And on a fourth and ten, you know, um, a, a bad snap leads to kind of a chaotic play. And, again, like sure tackling, you know, understanding responsibilities, even with chaos going on. And Donovan Edwards laddering the ball out to another player. Um, they rally to make the tackle. Probably was targeting on Ken Stewart, to be honest. I mean, by the letter of the law, it looked like targeting. But TCU fortunate in getting a break there and that not being called. And they end up heading to the national title game. And I know there were there were some other close calls. You know, uh, Roman had a had a touchdown that was overturned. Michigan had a touchdown that was overturned in a long pass play. It looked like a TD on the field. Didn't end up being called that. And then TCU forces a fumble um, or a, a really a botched kind of handoff. And TCU jumps on the ball. So twice today, you know, Michigan had the ball inside the five yard line with a chance to go score touchdowns, and they come away with zero points. The TCU defense stood tall when they had to. It wasn't always perfect. They gave up big plays, but my goodness, at the end of the day, they made it happen. So let's now look at the TCU offense. If you told me before the game that Max Duggan would go 14-29 to for 225 yards, two touchdowns and two picks, I would have thought, hmm, that's, that's not great. That does not sound like a recipe uh, for success. But once again, with Max, so much of it is the plays that he makes. And um, they did feature his legs more than they have, you know, sort of towards the back half of the season today. He ends up with 15 rushes for 57 yards, had some big first down runs, um, had a quarterback sneak for a first down on third and one that forced Michigan to start burning timeouts. They made a nice little adjustment on that QB sneak. That was much maligned after the K-State game, you know, the failure to give Max the ball in that situation. Uh, they had to carry a spivey come in motion. And basically just push him, you know, push him and push the line forward, which was a nice adjustment by this coaching staff. Um, Kendra Miller, he was fantastic in his limited time. Eight carries for 57 yards, but ultimately he goes down with what appeared to be an ankle injury. Don't have information on that right now. Hopefully he's good to go for the national title game. But let's give a shout-out to Amari Mercado, who rushed for over 150 – or exactly 150 yards today. 17 carries, 150 yards. And this is a six-year senior that for his entire career has been, um, you know, a, a third down back, a backup type player. But this season he's popped off in a big way. 
Um, he's been huge on, you know, late game situations, kind of coming in as a change of pace. He's a physical running back. He just does everything right. And he had his moment to shine today and had a few big runs, had a long 60-yard-plus run that led to a touchdown that he punched in, um, I think, one play later. And he was just incredible. He was one of those guys that just made plays today. Quentin Johnston, um, it, it was a typical Q stat line. Not a ton of catches, but the ones he made were impactful. Six catches for 163 yards, had the huge play on third and seven where he catches the ball on a drag route and takes it 70-plus yards to the house. The offense today, it's crazy. It's crazy to kind of describe this offense and, and how they work because it wasn't – I mean, I said all week, I was like, they have to be more efficient. They have to move the chains. They have to put together touchdown drives. And they did that in the first half. They had three really good, solid touchdown drives that were not, you know, just big plays down the field that led to scores. It was moving the chains. It was making big throws, converting third downs, um, and getting it done in the red zone. That was a huge key today. Purdue was able to move the ball in the Big Ten championship game against Michigan, but they did it in between the 20s. And in those money situations, when they got down in the red zone, it was time to score. Michigan forced them to kick field goals. And TCU, they scored touchdowns. Griffin Kell kicked one field goal today. And it was honestly when they had their best field position in the game, which is kind of ironic and crazy. But – other than that, TCU, when they got in the red zone, they punched it in. They had big plays. Even after those big plays to set it up, they were able to churn out yards on the ground and get it done. Again, they ran for 263 yards on the ground today. They were the more physical football team up front. All week, it was about oh, Big Ten football is going to push the Big 12 around. TCU was a more physical team today. They were, especially the O-line versus the, the TCU O-line versus the Michigan D-line. Max was fantastic. You know, he made all the plays he had to, did have some picks. Uh, both of those interceptions were off deflected balls. One, Darius Davis just couldn't haul in a catch, and then another one uh, was a really good play by a Michigan defender. Uh, their linebacker made a pass breakup and then batted in the air, and it led to an interception. But overall, just a, a fantastic effort by this TCU offense. And I've said this all year long. It's not quantifiable. I know it sounds cliche. And I know people kind of get tired of it. And I think it's one of the things that's frustrated um, the national media when they try to evaluate this team is because they can't really explain it. This team is just tough. They are tough. Michigan, multiple times in this football game, multiple times in this football game, cut it down to a one-possession lead early in the second half. It's 21-16. All the momentum's on the Wolverine side. They're supposedly the better team. It looks like, okay, cool story, but now is the opportunity for Michigan to take over this football game. And big completion to Quentin Johnson. A couple of runs from DeMario DiMercato. They punch it in the end zone, touchdown. Then D winners pick six. Now it's 34 16. But Michigan did not go away. Amari DiMercato had a long touchdown run to make it 41 22. The Wolverines storm back 41 38. Third down. Looks like, okay, this is it. This is where Michigan takes control of the football game. No. Max dug into Quentin Johnson. Long touchdown pass to push the lead to eight. The defense comes up with a, hu a few huge stops in the fourth quarter. Darius Davis with a great punt return um, to push the lead out a little more to 51-38. to 38. And then, you know, the defense stands tall again when they have to, um, when they're up six and Michigan has a chance to go down the field and score a touchdown. Just, I mean, there were so many emotional swings in this game. The third and fourth quarter were crazy. The third quarter especially, just big play after big play. Teams trading haymakers. And TCU stood tall. They just are not phased. And that was the story of this team all year, even in the in the Big 12 championship game against K-State. 
They make that late push. Max Duggan, you know, kind of putting the team on his back with his legs. But the comeback against Baylor, the comeback against Oklahoma State, the comeback against Kansas State in the regular season, all the close calls against teams like West Virginia and Texas Tech, it led to this moment where when their backs were against the wall, and this is a team that didn't have a ton of bowl experience. These seniors had not played in a bowl game. They had a chance in 2020, but that got canceled due to COVID outbreak. Now you're sitting in the college football playoff against a program that has historically been in games like this a lot, was in the college football playoff last year and lost to Georgia, blitzed most of the teams on their schedule and appeared to be on their way to the national championship game, and TCU just had every single answer. This was not a fluke win. This was not a situation where um, a team just, you know, oh, had some turnovers. Yeah, the pick six has helped. There were some calls that helped. But TCU, when they had to have plays, they got it done. And this was a great story for college football. I love this sport. But for the most part, you see the same the same actors, the same characters every single year. And you see the same teams over and over again. But this year, the Frogs broke through. They get it done. They beat Michigan. They made the college football playoff. They deserved to be there. And they, they won this football game in incredible fashion. I'm excited for this matchup against Georgia. We're going to break it down over, you know, the next few days and, and in the coming week. And I saw Brett McMurphy, you know, the Frogs are going to be 13-point underdogs. Great. That's been how it is all year. I expect nothing less. I know Georgia is a historically good football team. Won a national title last year, undefeated this year. They just won a heck of a game against Ohio State. C.J. Stroud was great. Um, and they survived, you know, their best shot and got it done. TCU will be playing in the national championship. I can't say that enough because it's still crazy to me. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to Locked on Horn Frogs on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcast, your pod, favorite podcast platform. Um, I'm at Simcock Steven on Twitter. The show is at Locked on TCU. Thank you for listening. Enjoy it, Frog fans. Your team's head to, to the national title game.